0: Welcome to I See Dad People, providing advice to the modern dad around the world, sharing stories, having a laugh and cringing at Eugene's, I don't know where he found them, dad jokes. So let's go. It's Friday, Friday. Today we have a very special guest uh, coming on a bit later, which is Seppi Bloks. And uh, he's living in Peru currently, as you may have known from our previous podcast, that both me and Eugene uh, lived in Peru for a spell. I lived there for a couple of years. Eugene lived there for a couple of months, probably felt like a couple of years. But uh, we both know (laughs) Sepi very well. Uh, But Sepi lives in a very different world right now in Peru. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, topics like education. Uh, what he thinks about education in Peru versus Belgium. And then we kind of share something between Ireland and America and kind of just talk through that. So that's coming a little bit later in the podcast. But now it's time for the Eugene Eugene and Stevie moments. And so we have a couple of themes here around stories as kids. Um, So we'll kick off with stories. Eugene. What is a storybook you remember as a kid that kind of stands out? And can you tell us what it is and then maybe just something funny or entertaining about that book?
1: Um, so, something that, that stood out for me when I was younger was probably the, the first book that I read myself and wasn't read to me. rolled Dahl's James and the Giant Peach. Oh, yeah. It was at that time where your, where your imagination is just, just running wild, you know? Um I think I think for stories for, for Irish parents, Irish people have the the um gift of the gab and down through generations and generations they've been known as being great storytellers. So a lot of stories that would have come from my mother would have been uh, uh improv. Um and with that would have been probably somewhere in between it, warnings of stuff not to do because Irish mothers do have a lot of fear about their young ones. Um getting hurt or getting into trouble so you can imagine that there were stories in there about staying away from lightning or chickens or (laughs) maybe that explains the fear I have of them to this day
0: yeah i know i do remember that one about uh i have two two comments on that one is first of all remember the thing where they said you shouldn't cross your eyes because if the wind changed your eyes would stay like that forever so that was one thing i was fear feared as a kid of crossing my eyes in case the wind would change direction and then my eyes would stay like that forever it was one thing one one myth that was passed and the other one was um you know, I, I suppose. You know, uh, if you've if you've tuned into the podcast at this point, you know the the famous uh, fruit from Wexford. And I just wondered when you were reading that book, James and the Giant Peach, was part of the fascination the fact that there was another fruit beside befo- a strawberry out there.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it was fascinating to be honest.
0: How different <laughs> would the story have been if it was James and the Giant Strawberry? That's that's what you got to wonder. It would have been I a thousand times, thousand times
1: better. Thousand times better
0: uh for Fair me club. a book is uh there was a book There was a famous writer enid Blyton, which i've asked a couple of people here is not 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 familiar with here but there was a one called the uh, faraway tree which i'm really looking forward to actually read reading to Sirsha and that book just she had the faraway tree and uh, uh, the wishing chair and i remember my mom reading these books and um, just still remember stories from it and they, the, these kids used to climb up this tree and there used to be a, a tin man and a and a guy called Moonface, And every time they'd go up to the top of the tree, there'd be a new world at the top of the tree. Uh, and so then they'd come back down and go back up. But that's the book I remember. So I have actually ordered online the, the collection of Eden and Blyton books for when Sears is a little older to read. Um, so that, that, that's one, but that, that's the one that sticks in my head. Uh, I recommend it as a one to read for your kids, even though I haven't read it in years now. So it could be a terrible. Oh, I remember it being a really good book when I was younger. Um, So the next part what we're going to do is, so we all, dads, I assume, will read the odd story every now and then. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pick, me and Eugene are going to pick one or two of our favorite books that we read to our kids. And we're going to explain a little bit about it and read a funny piece from the book. So Eugene, do you want to kick off with your first book? And then we can take one of my ones.
1: Sure. So the first book I have chosen is called The Little Lost Penguin. And it doesn't mention an author, but it does mention igloobooks.com. So my son Riley is 19 months old and he loves this book in particular. He will go to the bookshelf, choose this book, come over, sit down on my lap and expect to have it read to him two to three times. And it is based on a penguin egg that got separated from his manny during a storm the egg hatches and the little penguin is obviously all alone and he goes on a big adventure of sorts to be reunited with his mother at the end and look at like like most ads, um, we all have that inner child and I've read this over and over so many times and I kind of have a little laugh to myself over <laughs> certain sections and one section is um, he is He is flying over the landscape with the the help of a friendly seagull. So it goes, it's so much fun, said little chick, whizzing over the snow. And I just always have a little giggle to myself there because I just think he's peeing over (laughs) everyone, you know. (laughs) But at the end of the book, then, he gets reunited with his mother. And it says, so at long last, little chick had found his family huddle. But best of all, he found his mummy and had a big warm cuddle. So I laugh at this part because growing up in Ireland, um, Irish mammies were notorious to smack the backside off you or as it's called here in the States, get a spanking. Um, if you were either misbehaving or if you went missing or anything like that, so I always laugh about that moment. What about you, Stevie?
0: So I got, we got this book from uh, Sirius' grand and granddad. So it's, it's my parents. And funnily enough, Eugene, I think you have the same book. And this book is called The Wonky Donkey. And uh, I think it's... I don't know if it's an Irish book or what. But the fact that... Oh, sorry. Wonky Donkey. Or in Ireland, The Wonky Donkey. Donkey or donkey. <laughs> we call them donkeys. No, we call them donkeys in Ireland. I think like Shrek. There's no real senseless book at all. It's just the the walking, uh, these things, but it's this weird donkey that has quite a few problems. And here's a little bit about it. I was walking down the road and I saw a donkey. Hee-haw! He only had three legs. One eye. He liked to listen to country music. He was quite tall and slim. He smelled really, really bad. And that morning he hadn't got up early and hadn't had any coffee. And I read this, and then it says, he was a cranky, stinky, dinky, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky, donkey. And I think that if you just substitute a donkey with dad, it would be the average dad at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> so let me reread this as a dad. He was a cranky, stinky, dinky, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky dad. And I just laugh at this because you haven't had your coffee yet. And one eye is open, one eye is closed. Probably not listening to country music, but may- maybe the country music is on at the moment. So I just find this a really funny one. And the images on it are hilarious. There is actually one moment when this donkey is let loose and there's some poor bird passed out on the ground, which is one of Saoirse's <laughs> favorite pieces of it. Uh, she finds that piece one of the funniest. So, yeah, it's very funny. See, fun.
1: the, um, near the back of the book is where there's the page where the donkey is wearing a pair of sunglasses there's a little paragraph under that picture I want you to read that and read that as fast as you can
0: (laughs) oh I see it yeah what am I meant to write read the last page yeah as fast as you can he was a spunky hanky panky cranky stinky dinky dinky, lanky honky honky winky wonky donkey
1: (laughs) yes well done now that is output from an experienced father who has read that book over and over
0: so what's your next book, Eugene? Was that actually your second book? Uh,
1: the wonky donkey? No, I, I have another one here uh, that is because we can't take the little man to a zoo or anything. Now, I know there's loads of videos we can we can watch and whatnot, but I have this um, book which has electronic sounds for, for animals, which is quite cool. So it is from the same people that did Brown Bear, if people are um, aware of that one. So they have all kinds of different noises for animals so I'll put it up near my speaker now so there's one for dolphin,
2: dolphin.
1: which is pretty cool so he he's actually um now starting to, to growl a bit like a bear
0: so for the That's dolphin one the dolphin one is good though I'd say I'd say he just clicked at that one did he
1: <laughs> he did indeed yeah <laughs> I line them up and you knock them out of the park, Stevie, just like a.
0: <laughs> so this is where you've been putting all the sound effects from the latest podcast. I was wondering where you were getting these sounds out. Of. You were just pushing this.
1: I know. Yeah, it was two birds at one stone. You know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking what of seagulls. See-
0: <laughs> Speaking of seagulls, I also have another book from the avian kind, which is called. Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. Have you heard of this yet?
1: I haven't, no.
0: So this is a pretty famous one. So it's just about this bus driver who leaves. And I don't know where this came from. I, I read this book and I say, Mo Williams, that's the writer, where and what were you doing when you came up with this book? I just, there, I, it is one of these things that will haunt me for the rest of my life, is how did someone come up with a book called Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus? Um, and Mo, you did a good job, man, because I have no idea you've stumped me on this one. So the bus driver leaves and then you got stuff like this going on, which is the bus. The pigeon is trying to convince the reader to read the bus. And he says, there's things like, I'll be your best friend. How about I give you five bucks? No fair. I bet your mom would let me. What's the big deal? It's just a bus. I have dreams, you know, Fine. Then it goes on to, let me drive the bus. He goes absolutely mental, right? Then the bus driver comes back. And so after all of this, your only job reading this book is, do not let that pigeon get in the bus. Have you seen Speed? Do not let this pigeon get in the bus. And then, of course, the bus driver drives off, and then a big truck comes, and the pigeon wants to drive the truck. I don't know what happens now. I'm waiting for part two here. To figure out did he actually get on the truck or not I, I just i don't know what's going to happen here
1: what i find interesting too is that you're completely on edge waiting for the next one <laughs> all
0: right eugene let me ask you this one what would be the worst person to be stuck with in an elevator and how about the best person to be stuck with in an elevator?
1: <sighs> Let me see. Well, look, at my wife listens to this. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously going to have to say that <laughs> the, the best person is the wife, all right?
0: Okay, I'm going to edit this. Her. I'm going to yeah. edit this episode. I'm gonna what is the worst person to be stuck with? My wife. Full stop. Next question. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Eugene went missing that day. We haven't <laughs> um,
0: heard
1: The worst person. Oh man, the worst person, the worst person. Like you know, if I was having a bit of banter, I'd say the worst and the best would be you, like because <laughs> we get the worst and the best out of each other.
0: True, true. I, I would agree with that. I'd, I'd probably, uh, probably just do the diehard <laughs> and I'd chance climbing up the climbing up the cables.
1: No, yeah, I do feel that being in an elevator with you would have its ups and downs. Anyway, you know. <laughs>
0: Hello,
1: darkness, my old friend. Good <laughs>
0: And I just, just stayed silent so that you would end up having to cut <laughs> this piece. What about a question on your end?
1: What is the longest plane trip you have taken?
0: Um, well, I did take a a, a bus trip in Peru uh, that was very exciting. And then I took a trip to Wexford from Waterford. And I'd say that was pretty plain. Nothing exciting about it.
1: You seem to have an agenda against Wexford. Did they do anything to you? Are you okay?
0: Well, you know the answer to that, Eugene. Obviously, no.
1: <laughs> well, did I not come into your life, Stevie?
0: I know that's what I ended up coming out with. I went in there alone, came out with Eugene. <laughs> they try and pair you up with someone there as you're leaving. They're like, "Go on, take him, take him for a better life." What? What was what mobile app have you downloaded that the first time you used it? You said, "Oh, this is brilliant." Let me see. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah there's there's not one that really jumps out of mind because i had to look at my phone and yeah. well, I which think one
0: of those six apps you have how to speak waterford <laughs> <laughs> so you did find that exciting well that's a that's a that's a good one
1: i don't know i was trying to um communicate with the common folk so um i thought it'd be best to pull something like that down i have one for you stevie how have your goals changed over your life
0: Well, when I started off playing soccer, uh, I would aim for, you know, straight (laughs) at the keeper. But uh, after a while, I decided that I would actually switch up tactics and head and actually aim for the top right-hand corner. So my goals have been way more spectacular. Goal! I know you can't relate to this, Eugene, because we know from the previous podcast that you have never scored a goal, except in your own goal. What is the most annoying thing about your phone?
1: About my phone? I think uh phones are great they're, they're they're really good to have and they can be lifesavers in, in so many situations i think people have become slaves to them and that whole phrase that people use of my, my phone is my right hand it, it doesn't sit well with me and i don't i don't like it and when i went traveling um over to, to south america i got my phone robbed on me which was a blessing in disguise Because it meant that I was no longer that slave that just had the head down the whole time looking at my phone. I don't like that the the working world um, right now kind of forces you in that world of being using your phone for emails and and everything like that. Um,
0: When when you got your phone uh, robbed, um, this is about two or three years ago, was it?
1: Two or three years it was actually two thousand thirteen, which was seven years ago. Are the people in Watford still using an abacus down around your parts of the wood?
0: Not being in Wexford, was it fairly hard to find another Nokia thirty two ten? Actually,
1: funnily enough, the <laughs> the next phone that I got was was given to me by you because I was working with um, South America Travels, and um, yeah. He gave me this little banger of a phone. I think it was even before a Nokia thirty two ten. So I don't know where you rooted that one out of.
0: All right, Eugene. I, I think that's that's kind of it today. Um, what, what do you what do you think is a good takeaway today from our from from our conversation so far? Before we switch over to Seppi.
1: So a takeaway for me, Stevie, is obviously get your kids involved in books. I I can't speak on behalf of all parents and all situations. But for me, I've seen the the benefits of using books firsthand. And it gives that beautiful one-on-one time to to bond with your kid and to give them a really lovely experience and maybe set a good routine that they can get used to books. And um, as they progress forward, enhance their imagination and Understandably right now with COVID-19 and lockdown, a lot of us are turning to Netflix and YouTube for that bit of a crutch. And to give us that bit of time from our kids that our kids can just switch off and watch a movie, do try and get the time in to introduce books. I think it's very important. And again, you will see the benefit.
0: So I think that's a good takeaway for the week. Find a book you read, see if you can find it on Amazon and share it with the rest of us as well on on Instagram or on our community. you know, as we said, go mm-hmm. if, if you find a good book from your childhood, share it with everyone else uh, and uh, maybe we'll all mm-hmm. give it a go and a read. All right, thank you, Eugene, all right. I see somebodys sure, in the lobby, so let's 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 let him in. Do I see that, people? Seppi, I know this is uh, the second round. We had a bit of a test round a while ago uh, when we were when we were starting off. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and a little bit about your daughter?
2: Hey guys, glad glad to be back. Uh, my name is Seppi. Um, I'm uh, I'm from Belgium. I'm living in Peru now for the last fifteen years, and I have a five year old daughter called Zoe. And uh, right now we've been a little bit in. Um, we're still in quarantine, so we're still in complete lockdown here in Peru. So uh, we're uh, trying to fight ourselves uh, through the days and everything. Till we get till the end of September and hopefully we'll be free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so you've had plenty of time inside with your kids. Um, so h- how many months did you say again you're, you've been inside now?
2: Uh, five, I think uh, from the 15th of uh, March.
0: Well, no. five, five months. So, so in that five months, you know, um, you've spent a lot of time with two people, uh, your wife and your kid. Um, is there a moment, you know, because it it can get quite stressful. Uh, more stressful for you because it sounds like you're you're literally not leaving at all. I mean, and, and as Eugene mentioned, first world, like we're we're out and about. We're just you know s- s- six. Yeah, feet no, away.
2: We, can, we can we can go for the, the the basic groceries and everything, but that's about
0: it. Yeah. So. Do you have a moment, though, that stands out that is a funny moment, um, you know, uh, with with your kid that you kind of forgot for a few seconds where you were and you just burst out laughing or something they did?
2: I try to have funny moments every day, you know, you try to keep yourself occupied, you try to more than anything to to keep the little one occupied um because if she's happy then you're happy and you don't notice it on kids as well you know because they're inside and um they can't see any friends they she doesn't have any brother or sister from her age so she doesn't get much contact with people or with kids from her age and everything um except for the the now and then the zoom meetings and god knows what but um that's not ideal either but um yeah i know you try to to create some funny, some funny moments and everything, I can't think of them right now. Um, but yeah, no, she is the one that uh, puts a smile on my face most of the days um, because uh, there's not much else.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, Eugene was just talking the other day about, uh, you know, having a young kid. Them not being around other kids and some of uh, some of the thoughts he was having, so I think that's an interesting one, Eugene, that you were talking mm. about just the other day. You know, like yeah. they're missing out on a little bit of the interaction with other kids. You know,
1: yeah, big time. I think I think socially, it's, it's it's definitely an area that we're concerned with because obviously he's he's straight off the boat into the states, and here with the the lockdown, um, that. You know, we had great plans of getting them socially interacted and crashes here and whatnot or, or daycares they call it here in the States. Um and you just can't because of um because of COVID. And we're we're just having to think outside the box in terms of how we can make it more more social. But yeah, yeah, we're getting there. It's a it's a conversation that we're having daily.
0: How's the Zooms meetings going, Seppi?
2: Um, in general, I'm not a big fan. I mean, it's not the same, you know, and especially, I mean, my daughter is just turned five. We we did like uh, several Zoom meetings with our friends in Lima, with our friends in Cusco and everything for her birthday and those kind of things. But you do notice that's not the same interaction they have. You know, she also has um, video phone calls every morning uh, for one hour with her school. So she goes to kindergarten and they've got this online system and everything as well. And you notice that there is some interaction, but it's not. I wouldn't even go that's 50% of the interaction you normally have, you know, especially kids, you know, because kids are a lot more physical and everything in general with their inter- interaction as well. You know.
0: So, so you're you're inside, and so when we get over the lockdown, uh, and hopefully, as you said, end of September, I believe you said, uh, hopefully we things might open up a little bit. So, has it come into your mind at all? you know, uh, you know, staying in Peru versus going back to, to your hometown in Belgium, has, has though has those thoughts got into your head? Have you done some comparisons about what life would be like in Peru for you, your family, and then your kid versus in Belgium? And can you tell us a little bit about that? <clears throat>
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it crossed our minds, you know, uh, it's always one of the options that luckily, you know, fortunately I have, which a lot of Peruvians don't have, because the thing is that in Peru right now, time stands still. So basically, especially since I work in tourism and there is no international tourism, I've, there's, there's nothing to do basically. And you're just waiting until the whole situation goes by. And uh, now after five months, I do really feel that I'm losing my time so that I could, probably be better off maybe working in Belgium than spending my time here sitting around and just waiting for this to 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 pass, you know um the other thing is as well as I mentioned so with with my with my five-year-old she's she's doing kindergarten so this is the last year of kindergarten now they get a lot more information they're starting to read they're starting to write and everything like that um and as I said I, I I know that the situation is not ideal and that the, the, the distance and the online education is, is what it is right now, you know, it's what we have. Um, but if, if you see that people in Belgium and kids in Belgium already, first of September, they're gonna go back to school, like normally full time and everything, then I do feel that that would be a consideration as well um, to perhaps move to Belgium so that she could go straight to school and everything and have the interaction that we just discussed um, the physical interaction and the the actual interaction with other children and everything um, apart from that education is is a bit of a difficult one in Peru. I mean in general education is is not of a very high level in Peru, um, not even university level um, and the thing is that you've got uh, state sponsored or public schools which in general are crap sorry my french uh, but um and then you've got private schools which are let's say mediocre, but they're just expensive. They're, for most people, out of their, uh, their, their, their pocket or they can't, they can't uh, pay, pay this kind of, of, uh, of prices. Um, we're talking two grand a month for a five or a six-year-old, which is just ridiculous. And even if, if, even if I would have the money to pay that, I wouldn't just for a principal not pay for it because education in Belgium is free. And those are things that do cross your mind now and then when you analyze your situation um, living abroad, you know.
0: Yeah, as Eugene said earlier on, this is one of the conversations I, myself and Joanna even had, it. even be, like Peru and Belgium, there's such a dramatic gap, it sounds like, but even between the US and Ireland, it's different, right? And, uh, you know, it's expensive. You come out with, the, you come out with, a, some people come out of, I hear of, of uh, education here with a mortgage, you know, mm. a mortgage cost from their education, whereas I think in Ireland, we've been lucky enough that uh, we don't come out with that, you know. And I mean, I think I had my fees paid off within two, three years. But I mean, some people, it could take 15, tw- 20 years to talking, pay off your education, you know. And so,
2: university. Um, You're talking college and university. I'm just talking yeah. kindergarten. Like this is, I mean, and this is really ridiculously. I went to kindergartens in, in in Lima to to register or to see if I could register with my daughter, and they literally are talking 2,000, 2,500 dollars a month. And this is just kindergarten. We're not even talking about education where you are actually starting to read and write. You know, I mean, that's no. just crap. And I mean, in a in a country where the average income is about 250 to 300 dollars. Then I mean, how can you justify that?
0: You know? Yeah. I mean that's more that I can tell you straight up, that's more expensive than Seattle. Yeah. That's, that's, I I know the costs in s- Seattle in kindergarten and you're talking around the same, but you're talking a little less. You know what I mean? And going into kindergarten, you're talking less than that. And we're talking about Seattle being one of the top two to three hubs in, in the US for tech you know and so everything's more expensive here i think the only place behind us is probably where eugene is uh or close to where eugene is in silicon valley but i mean we're up there at the top and so it, it put it in perspective seppi i mean you're talking about more for kindergarten than you are here in seattle
2: yeah and it's just crazy that's yeah. why um just as that a principal I, I told my wife i'm like look we're not gonna do that even if i had the money then you can't you can't because the system is maintained by the people who pay for the system so if people start refusing which is one of the good things that's actually happening in peru right now is that a lot of private schools are lo- losing students right now to state uh, to public schools because of the whole covid thing because the state schools the public schools are giving online classes and the private schools are giving online classes but the private schools are giving online classes and they're not giving any reduction in prices or anything like that. So you're paying an arm and a leg for to get the same education basically as you would get in public schools. So right now public schools are actually on the increase in Peru, which I think is a very good thing because if people keep on paying these kind of ridiculous sums for, for young children to go to school, then that will maintain the system. You know, the only way to break that system down is that people will actually say that, look, I don't want I want great education for my kids, but I'm not gonna be paying this kind of money, you know
1: yeah that makes sense that being the, the the driver behind going to to belgium seems to be firmly placed behind um education i think um all, all three of us have, have something in common We're from different countries living in different countries um is is there any part of that decision um, to move to belgium around um Giving your daughter Zoe the same experiences maybe you had as a kid, like culturally, to, to, to learn more about Belgium?
2: Well, I mean, apart from the fact that education, even standard education in Belgium, is better than in Peru, it's mm. also the fact that, um, and this sounds pretty shitty i mean it's 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 just a fact you know because of my passport because the fact that i have a passport which has belgium and it doesn't say peru i've got a lot more opportunities i can go to places where peruvian people can hardly go to so even if you would put it on apart from education if my daughter would go to belgium i think that of course i don't want her to lose her roots with peru because she's also peruvian but it's going to be easier for her let's say when she's 20 or 21 as a Belgian to come study in Peru and as a Peruvian to go study in Belgium. So that's basically the the whole reason, you know, I mean, it's going to be easier for her as well and everything. So, um, I mean, I've got my life and and me and my wife, we have our life here and we've got our things organized and everything. But I mean, a big part of, of the reason I would consider going back to Belgium, uh, would be uh, would be the daughter would be my daughter because she would probably benefit on benefit from it on the long term. I mean, there are things in Peru which I really like. I mean, Peru is much more connected with the countryside. People go out a lot more. People uh, are much more connected, with, especially here in Cusco, with with nature in general and those kind of things. Go out and about, um, but there's other things that you have in Europe. So I mean, it's always giving and taking in the end, but um, yeah, if I, if I have to prioritize at this moment, it would be my daughter, you know.
0: Well, we know one thing that will survive, you know, the lockdown and everything. We'll probably the one thing we don't want to survive, which is Eugene's dad jokes, so it may be time for one <laughs> of Eugene's dad jokes. I don't know where you found them. Hello, darkness, you used to have better
2: jokes before, you were a dad. Really? <laughs>
0: <It's children's> dad. <laughs> Ready for act, let's go.
1: <laughs> nice intro, Stevie. That was your best one yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Seppi. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know.
0: So so you're asking, you're asking here, Eugene, which one came first. And I'm like, I don't know if I trust the Amazon <laughs> driver to not drop the egg. I, I might, the egg might survive, but I don't know if it'll survive in one piece is the question.
1: Uh, Well, you don't put all your eggs in one basket anyway, do you? (laughs) Okay, Steffi, I have another joke for you. Actually, I have a couple here because... Yeah, (laughs) my jokes are that great, it's just a gift to the world. So, I I prepared three. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? (laughs) Stick.
0: Eugene, you knew he would. Would. (laughs)
1: Hello. (laughs) Good one, Stevie. (laughs) I've come to talk with you again. A slice of apple pie in Jamaica is $2.50 and $3 in the Bahamas. I guess these are the pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> is that a laugh, <laughs> You yeah,
2: No, it was a grin, it was a grin. <laughs>
0: Oh, I was going to say, I think it's time for the rapid fire question round. Time for Eugene's next piece it of is. the pie.
1: Yes. <laughs> no pun intended.
0: <laughs> Are you oh, ready? Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <my> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, start the clock. Seppi. who is your favorite TV dad?
2: I think Al Bundy is a a funny
1: one. (laughs) Yeah, it's good that you got that one. Stevie made an awful mistake with that one. Stevie's favourite TV dad was Ted Bundy. (laughs) 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 What is your favourite day of the week?
2: Yeah, my weeks are always the same. So basically, I don't have much difference between a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday. But uh, let's go entirely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, all right. Um, More like, what's your favourite part of Peru besides the one that you live in?
2: Uh, the jungle, without a doubt.
1: Actually, while we're on it, what is your favourite part of Belgium?
2: I like the, the French part. There's a, a part called the Ardennes, which is also a little bit of mountains and everything, nature parks. Yeah, that's a nice part of Belgium.
1: What would you rather be able to do? Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals?
2: Um, I would go for all the languages in the world. I think they'll still make for better uh, conversation partners.
1: Can you say something in an Irish accent?:
2: um, No, but I did learn one word in, in Irish, which I never knew was is the press, a press, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right.: one
2: <laughs> one I don't perceive,
0: yeah. Google, could you please translate "press? <laughs> yes. Press" <laughs> is the Irish word for cupboard. Would you rather? Invisibility or super strength?
2: Invisibility.
0: That'd be a handy one right now, Seppi. Get, <laughs> get on the old plane. <laughs> what is a place you would most like to
2: travel to? I don't know why, but I've been, for years, I've been fascinated with Iran.
1: Ceviche or Lomo Saltado?
2: Depends. If it's nice and sunny outside, then there's nothing better than a ceviche with a nice cold beer. If, it's, uh, if you're in Cusco you're in the mountains and it's a little bit rainy, then definitely Lomo Saltado.
1: Would you rather be a butcher or a baker?
2: Well, I'm I'm a baker, so that's easy.
1: <laughs> What's your favourite thing to bake?
2: Well, I'll be uh, I'll be straight up with you. I haven't touched an oven in 15 years,
0: I think.
1: <laughs> Pisco sour or Belgian beer?
2: Uh, Belgian beer, definitely without a doubt.
0: Thank you for talking with us today, Seppi. Uh, you know Seppi brings good points around education I think now that a lot of us are working from home as adults we're also starting to see the challenges for our kids in the long term of actually having to school from home uh, which brings its own challenges in a lot of cases here in the US for example schools are are, are not going to open and they're going to continue with uh, at home education so and with education we often think about giving our kids the, the power of knowledge so they can find you know good careers where they They find challenges, but they also find it rewarding when they, you know, they wake up on a Monday and look forward to going to their job. So we try and set them up for that. Uh, But now we also have the social skills that school also gives, you know, how, how to interact with your fellow classmates. This is also a big challenge now during these periods of isolation and trying to find unique ways to make sure that our kids can also Uh, grow in terms of uh, social skills. Um, So we'd love to hear from our community if you have unique ways that you're uh, introducing your kid and keeping their social skills uh, leveled up, uh, whether it's Zoom calls or social distance friendly activities with other kids. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas. Thanks for joining us today on I See Dad People. If you would like to check out the rest of our podcasts and be the first to hear new ones, you can visit us at I see or follow us on Instagram at I see people underscore official. And we will see you next time. And remember, I see dead people. I see them all the time.